I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Ducky? I've been bulking more. More bulk? Uh, more bulking. More bulk. Yeah, look at this. How many, um, I was gonna say how many trays of pasta, but I guess you're switching. No, I, yeah, I made a, a bunch of chicken cutlets this week. I made 12 chicken cutlets on Sunday night, and mm. it's Wednesday. I've eaten them all already. Tommy, you gotta eat more rutabagas. <laughs> <laughs> Not eating rutabaga. Yeah, you gotta eat more rutabagas. That's how you get strong. That's what my babushka grandma that I didn't have. She was adopted. We have I adopted. We her. have yucca. That's what we eat. No yeah. babushkas. I eat this stuff. Uh, protein kind, dark chocolate clusters, which I suppose is a granola. Wow, these are my snack. These Cliff Bar Builders. <laughs> Do one of these. Do you guys want? You guys want to get into supplements? We can start selling those. Kind of. Yeah, I'm willing to experiment to with my body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my chest is tight. So when the yeah, so when the apocalypse starts, your family is all going to need to get supplements. These supplements will make you uh, protect you against radiation and uh, little robot men that are going to be chasing after you. They're allergic to these supplements. Amazing. Do you do you think that Richard Burton Burton was a bulker? Uh, he no, he was definitely into cutting. Yeah, he seemed oh, like a yeah. lean dude. Yeah, he would not eat for days. <laughs> He sucks. <laughs> All right, let's do the show. Hello, welcome to Roast Mortem. You belong here. My name is Tom. I'm Travis. And I'm Connor. No Mike again tonight, um, but he uh, he sends his regards. He does. Yeah, yeah he's got a lot of things going on. So sends his shout well out wishes. to him. Uh, shout out to his mother, and shout out to his father. And uh, I'm not. Those aren't even jokes. Shout out. No. Shout out to them. Shout yeah. it. Shout it. What's going on, guys? Um, I'm drinking basically Gushers, the alcohol right now. and Or not Gushers, Sour, sour Warheads. It's very sour. That sucks. Mm. Yeah, but how was your week? See what I did there? <laughs> I see. I'll start the, the week. <laughs> oh, man. What do I start with? All right, I'll start the week. Thank you. Because uh, oh, yeah. I thought of mine. I was telling Tom that I was had to think of what I did this week, so I already thought of it. Nice. Uh, mostly the highlight was I got real drunk on a rooftop in Brooklyn with all my friends from college. Ooh. It was great. Nice. Yeah. Did you have a like a reunion with the bro? No, boys? it was a friends engagement party. Um, but he just invited all of our friends, so we turned into a reunion party basically because it was just like all of us hanging out. Nice. So I want to know if this roof was like, I remember there was one specific party that Tom and I went to in Brooklyn. Uh, it was a rooftop party. And there was literally like a ship hatch in the kitchen, and you had to walk up the ship hatch that to go to the roof. That would be cooler than what we did, which was we just, it was a, uh, in Dumbo. It was Randolph Beer. We've got a couple locations, I think. Um, oh, okay. So you're like in the bar, and that's where we started. And then someone told us there's a rooftop, and we're like, well, why aren't we going to the rooftop? So you had to leave the building after getting a wristband, go through a different set of doors, and then take the elevator up to the roof. 
Ah, oh, that's so, so much. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. That was worth it. And then um, on the way back when we were leaving, Lizzie accidentally took the stairs all the way down. And then I took the <laughs> elevator down and she calls me at the bottom of the stairs. It's like, there's this door, but it says a l- emergency exit. Will an alarm go off? And I was really drunk, so I said, no, I'm sure it's fine. And she just went out, and no alarm went off, so we're good. Ooh, okay. yeah. risky. Because <laughs> she's like, I'm not climbing back up the stairs to take the elevator. You know what I do? Uh, you just got to have a lighter ready in case it's an emergency. Just some, say, burn fire. some hair. Oh, fire. You just yeah. take some oh, hair and burn yeah. it. And just like, ah, there was a fire. There was a fire. Now I went out. through that door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was a, it was a fun night. Um, got pretty drunk, stared at the bridges, stared at Manhattan. It was nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Sounds romantic. Yeah, it was. Hell Me yeah. and all my dudes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Travis, how's Portland? Is the weather, uh, uh, is it starting to clear up a bit? It cooled off a little bit. It was hot this weekend, so me and my girlfriend went out to my favorite place in Oregon, Astoria, not Queens, the story where they filmed the Goonies. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's a great little seaside town. We went thrifting. I got some weird things like this book um, called the, Ency- the Fun Encyclopedia, written in 1940. Oh, <laughs> what's fun in 1940? Uh, uh, you know, they've got some icebreakers. They've got, I don't know, it's a very strange book. Oh. But we had a really good time. Uh, didn't go to the Goonies house, but I went to the, the Fevel house, which is like the, the original Harbor Masters house from like it's a queen anne type of house who lives there now kevin james uh yeah kevin james yeah <laughs> and uh jaleel white oh cool both of them are our roommates i that's we're just waiting for a sitcom to uh to to happen with that oh my yeah, was goodness a, i tried to go to the bathroom and jaleel was in there dropping a bomb in the toilet and i was like sorry boy it's like did i do that <laughs> he is funny like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Tom, how about you? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> just eating chicken, that's all. Yeah, just eating yeah. a lot of food. <laughs> I think I got drunk this week. I don't remember anymore. No? I'm getting older. Get that fusion brain. Yeah, that 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 melted between... Uh, uh, what, what are they called? The... The twisting doors, the rotating doors. That's where oh, my yeah. brain is. It's just in there. Yeah. Revolving doors? Revolving card. doors. Yeah. Why couldn't I think? See, I, that's how old and retarded I'm getting. <laughs> twisting doors. <laughs> twisting <laughs> doors. No, I don't speak anymore. What I've realized is that I'm becoming worse on the show because it's the only time I speak. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. No. And we just, we just finished up talking about a man that spoke because his name was Speak. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Glad he's dead <laughs> and out of our story. I thought, I, I was thinking about him over the week. He killed himself. Yeah. He was so embarrassed. Oh, he definitely killed himself. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, that guy, I don't think, uh, you were saying, Tom, he has trigger discipline. You know? Yeah. And you can discipline yourself to shoot yourself in the chest. And he was so embarrassed that instead of shooting himself in the brain, he did it in the chest to try and make it look like an accident. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know about that. Like, killing yourself isn't hard. Men are very good at it. Apparently, <laughs> women are terrible. Men at it. are amazing at killings. Yeah, but uh, apparently, there's like there was some statistic I had read a long time ago. Like, most female suicide attempts, they're all mostly failures. Men just nail it every time. 
We know how to yeah. kill. Yeah. So dude, toaster in the bathtub, dude. Who wants some fucking toast and jam? It's easy. Anyone can toast in the bathtub. Um, so let's get back to Richard Burton. Enough of my lack of activity this week. All right. So you just said Richard or you just said uh speak was dead. Yes. John Hanning speak. But we're going back in time. Right. We're going Remember back. Remember I to, was like um, when he got back to London, right? Yep. The date is 1859, so he just came back with Speak. He's getting blasted because Speak already came came back to London before he did, and he starts throwing all this shit. And um, let's start out not with Richard Burton, but let's check in with his fiance stalker that he pretty much ghosted before he left for Africa in search of the Nile back in 1856. That was fun. Isabel. That was really yeah. funny. Yeah, that was a good bit. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about Isabel. So Isabel had been waiting for Burton to come back for three years, um, and she did not receive a single letter from Richard. (laughs) Richard never wrote about her in any of his journals or anything like that. Mm. Just, uh, she's out there. Amazing commitment to the bit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She was actually, at one point, even though... We will see that she reveres this man as an actual living god, and like to the point where she's having like a, like a uh, conflict with her Catholicism. She's like, "I have my God living next to me, but I have to believe in one true God." <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. So she was actually at this point where she was going to give up and become a nun. She's like, "This guy keeps bailing on me and just going somewhere. I'm going to become a nun." Um, well, was that but, in the hopes that Richard would come abduct her from the nunnery? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He does have a thing Maybe for that. Maybe this is all just part of her plan, yeah. One yeah, of those nuns yeah. in fishnets. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about her, the one that ate foreskin. Oh, yeah. What was her name again? Uh, Agnes Blanbecken. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. It rolls off the tongue like Pamela Anderson. <laughs> Uh, but then she's about, she's just about to become a nun, and then out of the blue, she receives a letter from Richard Burton's sister, saying that Richard would be returning. Wow. <laughs> Even uh, from him. Yeah. Richard had actually <laughs> written to all of his friends and family, especially the cousin that he wanted to bone, but not his fiance. <laughs> did he, you think he just forgot? Like, they're like, hey, Rich, did yeah. you tell Isabel? Who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Isabel also along during these three years, there's a bunch of other stuff. She went into like full, like, Hey Arnold Helga mode. She like started to pray for Richard and like set up this like weird little shrine. She also traveled to Pisa to carve her name on the leaning tower of Pisa where Richard had carved his name as a boy. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> okay. That's kind of uh, interesting. Yeah. And then she has all these dreams of Richard returning. So this letter that she gets from the sisters like, oh, wow, he's coming back. And she, and as Isabel actually had other suitors in this time, rich ones. There was like a, a rich American that was like, I'll marry you. And I have like millions and millions or whatever. She's like, no, nope, I need Burton. And Burton didn't actually have a lot of money, you know? I mean, he was rich. He, he didn't really like. He was don't rich. worry about getting hungry. He was rich in languages. Yeah, he was rich in yeah. experience. He was, um, he was short in foreskin. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's she really all all she wanted. You know, 
if she only had ever heard of the Jews. Oh, man. <laughs> she never did, though. Probably not. She, was, she wasn't into those long sideburns. Real turn off. Oh, dude. I had a guy come to my house today uh, who was dropping off the old porta potty for the wedding, right? This guy gets out of the car and he had the longest payas I had ever seen in my life. Whew. Orthodox Jew. He also ran by me. I was I was very appreciative. He's just like, You mind if we drop this off a couple days early? Wedding's mm-hmm. on a Saturday. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, He's sure. just like, oh, you guys are easy. I was like, Yeah, you're that's right, we're easy. <laughs> yeah. But that dude, yeah, he had like a two and a half foot payas. It was like down to his wow. belly button. That's like a dread at that point. Yeah, it was. He was cool. Nice <laughs> guy. Remarkable. All right. Um, so when Richard did come back in, on May 22nd, 1859, uh, he did come looking for Isabel and, uh, she, you know, she was shocked, uh, to see how emaciated he was and still partially paralyzed and blind from this African trip. And he was looking um, to jog his memory about who she was. <laughs> yeah, who was this Isabel? Isabel, right. That I'm supposed to marry. You're looking kind of fat. Were you always this way? <laughs> now, Isabel, she was now 28. And, I mean, that's getting up there for the 19th century. You know, they still like to... It wasn't unheard of. It wasn't like this was, you know, the 1700s or the, you know, 1600s. But 28 was getting a little old. Um, so she was trying to hurry up and seal the deal and get married because people were starting to think, Ooh, is this lady a spinster? You know, is she just going to be unwed? Uh, but she had to try to win over her mother, who still was not about Burton, thinking Burton was a little shitbag and like had no money and was, uh, you know, undignified for her daughter. Um, Burton, on the other hand, after showing up again, Burton's 38 at the time. Uh, so he was like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, we're going to still get married. And then he went off to go visit relatives and friends, just like leaving her behind. <laughs> um, there were two new friends that he, I wanted to bring up now. Uh, they both lived in Paris, but they were English. A guy named Mockton Milnier and Fred Hankey. Wow. <laughs> Fred Hankey. Those are two different Fred names. Hankey. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so Fred was Mockton. Mockton was like the guy who was more established and more, you know, like the you know, part of the aristocracy he had a lot of money. Fred was just like a, a kind of a creep. Uh, so Fred was Mockton's man for procuring illegal erotica. Very illegal at the time. Um, oh, like lolly? Lolly? Yeah, like lollycon. It's like when people draw kids and go, oh, it's just fine. I mean, no, this was just like any type of porn. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were very strict on it. It wasn't just strictly kids stuff. It was just, just like a, oh, a knee of a woman. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, that, that is half of a breast. I will ejaculate. It's a nipple drawn on a page. Who it belongs to, we'll never know. <laughs> There's no way of knowing. <laughs> now, yeah, we're going to get go really deep into Burton's life with erotica, 19th century erotica, when we talk about, as I mentioned before, we're going to do all this, like, authoring and, like, you know, writer work on the last episode. But I wanted to bring these guys up because Fred was, like, a really sick fuck. Um, he could best be described as one of the last real libertines um, like Marquis de Sade, whom he owned original manuscripts of. Nice. 
Um, he was into whipping, sticking pins in ladies, and Fred had a particular kink of renting a room with a with a window that viewed the gallows, then hiring a bunch of whores and start, and would bang them while watching people hang to death. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> creative. Yeah, so Mockton and Fred were Burton's like real introduction intru- introduction into this weird underground scene. Um, but one thing I also want to mention, and we'll get into that more, but one thing I also wanted to mention about Fred is Fred actually asked Burton, because he knows Burton travels all over the world, and he's going to go to Africa and all these places. He's, uh, he's like, hey, Burton, could you procure me um, some human skin for a book binding? Not just any skin. It had to come from a black lady who was skinned while alive. <laughs> Specific. Yeah. Um, was Burton into it? Was he like, sure, man? Also, check out this map of uh, of the world that shows where people do fucking. <laughs> yeah, Bert, Bert was like, yeah, man, I'll keep my eye out for it. <laughs> yeah. You never know what I'll run into. <laughs> so that seemed weird as shit. Yeah, it's a weird. I thing. don't know how big yeah, the I book. I don't know what book it was that he was binding either. It was I the mean, Bible. Was prob- <laughs> oh, the Brobel. <laughs> I mean, if it was just like one of those, uh, you know, like bathroom, bathroom readers, like here's a hundred jokes <laughs> in a pamphlet that's like three by four. I think it was, I think it was this book I actually just picked up, the Encyclopedia of Fun. Oh, <laughs> cruel. Um. So yeah, uh, Burton's. This is he's kind of getting into this double life here because he's hanging out with these CD like erotica BDSM smut people um but then he's trying to be all righteous and pious around isabel to impress her mom and dad so like he'll go off and see these guys and like do some weird shit and then i'll come back and be like oh yes yeah, so, you know i know a lot about religions i've studied many of them <laughs> i mean piety is just for women anyway yeah like that was invented to show off to the ladies and keep oh, yeah. them in line and then the guys who fell for it, that you know, just treat them like ladies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tuck it in, dog. Yeah. Tuck it in for God. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Christian tuck. Uh, so <laughs> Burton's, whenever Burton, and this is the thing that Isabel would do in general. Whenever Burton was out of town, Isabel would act as almost his PR team. And it would go after anyone, you know, trying to tarnish Richard's character. So at this time is when, you know, Speak is talking shit about Richard and the whole trip. Uh, so she's really like the, the pit bull, right? Like every time Speak comes out with something, she'd, you know, write back to the papers like, he didn't do that. I wasn't there, but, you know. <laughs> of course. Wait a yeah. second. New theory. Isabel shot Speak. Oh. Ooh. Hiding in the bushes. Isabel yeah. is a great shot. Mm. Yeah, I like. I'm gonna run with this theory. Yeah, I like this. She actually dressed up as the partridge <laughs> or the he bush was shooting at. Oh yeah, she was in no, a wait, wasn't he suit. trying to climb over a wall? Yeah. yeah, did she put herself into the wall? Maybe. Oh yeah, <laughs> she spackled herself in there. <laughs> um. So anyway, Isabel argues a bunch with her mother. Uh, you know, telling her that Burton was the only man she would marry. And also using this line, like, you're getting in the way of something that God wants. Like, God is instructing her to marry 
Burton. Like, all right, yeah. sure. This woman's nuts. <laughs> um, she also mentioned that she wanted the life of adventure, and her mother was like, eh, "Are you sure about that? I don't know. It's kind of just a Londoner, right?" <laughs> yeah, she didn't want that. Hey, I haven't even been to Wales. <laughs> yeah. Um, all while this is going on, unsuspectingly, Burton's planning his next adventure. <laughs> so she's like fighting out there, fighting, trying to get Burton in. Burton's like, all right, like going to the travel agent. Like, I'll take this package, please. <laughs> Extra soda vaginas. That's great. He's yeah. just doing his thing. Yeah. And he's got the PR team who apparently he doesn't have to pay. Mm-hmm. And kills his enemies. It's beautiful. Yeah. Crush Yeah. Um, so in April of 1860, in the middle of courting Isabel and trying to win over her mother, Burton ghosts her yet again, just leaving town. <laughs> um, he was unannounced. Uh, he actually passed someone a letter to give to Isabel. Basically, and on the letter, it basically says, like, you have to pick. It's either me or your mother. Figure it out by the time I'm back. <laughs> by the way, I'm leaving for an indeterminate yeah. amount of time. Oh, my goodness. My love has sent me a letter with... Uh, uh, I've got an ultimatum to decide, okay? Between this man and my mother. He also spelt my name wrong. <laughs> but I must choose. God wants me to choose. Now, where was Richard heading this time? None other than America. Yeah. Specifically, a place he called Mormon Mecca, Salt Lake City. Okay. I just like the idea of Mormon Mecca. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue better than yeah. Salt Lake City. There was yeah, this, the time in America where Utah was huge. Uh, yes. This is, uh, so I think I have it written down here. I... Uh, the Mormons moved out there, I think, 12 or 14 years prior to this. All right. So they had everything. It was like, oh, California. Yeah. It's, pre it's pretty fresh. Yeah. But they didn't Utah. have California at this point. All right. Uh, but I think it ended somewhere in Nevada or something like that was where their territory ended. <laughs> um, all right. So... April 21st, 1860, Bo Burton boards the SS Canada with a mysterious friend that he would describe as a buddy that he had been he had been drinking with off and on for 15 years. So we don't know who this guy is. We just knew that he was like Wait, his bar friend. We yeah. still don't know? No, we don't know. They they no one knows who it was. Um I have people like that in my life. He's also yeah. been traveling for, like, the last 15 years with detailed journals, and he never mentioned this guy until he gets well, to it's Utah. just on and off. Obviously, he's just drinking with the guy at home. Oh, okay. So, okay. Where he doesn't so we keep have, journals. Yeah, we have an idea of who it is. It's probably a, a friend of his, an old army buddy, uh, this guy named John Steinhauser. Um, but the only real description he gives is that this mystery person generally exists upon bottles, flasks, demijohns, corbuses, and graybeards. I guess those are... We're going to talk about a lot of old-timey drinks. Sweet. <laughs> we should make so, some. Yeah. <laughs> um, this friend uh, apparently wrote to Burton saying, and in the letter it said, come with me and drink through America. I'll drink mint, mint juleps, brandy smashes, whiskey skies, gin slings, 
cocktail sherries, cobblers, rum salads, streaks of lightning, morning glories, and it'll be a most interesting experiment. The fuck's a morning glory? I don't know. Yeah, some of these sounded great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the... I, I like the rum salad. Yeah, rum salad <laughs> and also just cobbler. Like Yeah. Just cobblers. That's mm-hmm. all. Is it whiskey skies? Whiskey skies, yeah. Sounds great. That's where I uh, want to live. That's those yeah. are the skies I want to navigate <laughs> in a plane. Uh and then the guy followed up with I wanna see whether uh I wanna see whether after a life of three to f- of three to four months I can drink and eat my myself to the level of the aborigines like you oh all right so throw a little racism in there yeah yeah a little just toss it in yeah why is everything racism because it's the Dude. 1850s <laughs> yeah 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 it's like they're just talking about drinking literally drinking Wait, and this is 1860 that they're going yeah this is 1860 <laughs> great, great time, time to go to america <laughs> <Yeah>. wow <laughs> Dude, that's like uh, that time that I went to um, the Ukraine in like 2022 yeah. or whatever. Uh, yeah. December of 2022. I'm going to go to Poland in uh, September of 1939. It's going to be a nice, dreamy <laughs> fall vacation. Be love, good- the be- love the beaches in Poland. Yeah. So great. Richard's trip to America was not as well documented as some of his other trips, especially the beginning. Um, he said that it was a nice change to see the world as a traveler and not an explorer for once. So this is kind of like a long vacation. You know, he's not going anywhere that hasn't been seen before. You know, oh, that's nice. He's going to America. He's going to see the yeah. sights. Yeah. Yeah. See what the Mormons get up to. Yeah. Or what they so don't we get do- up to. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we do know that his, he was with his this mystery friend, um, and their starting point was Nova Scotia, and they traveled down the East Coast all the way down to e, uh, D.C. Uh, and now, th- like you said, this is a pretty interesting time to visit the capital of the United States yeah. in eighteen <laughs> the summer of eighteen sixty. Oh, man, <laughs> uh, the, the country is pretty much tearing itself apart. Uh, Lincoln election is like. Around the corner, we got uh, James Buchanan in. We roasted that idiot head. Well, Dan Sickles so, is probably uh, on trial right now. Uh, trial yeah, of the so century I, uh, going on. Connor, I remember you mentioned that when I said, oh, he's going to be in America. And I went back to the episode about Dan Sickles, and I like did a little researching. So apparently, he would have been in D.C. right after the trial of Dan Sickles. And so Dan still would have been in office, but... Um, but post murder trial, <laughs> post murder okay. trial. They probably had a they probably had a rum salad. I, I like to think that they did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna write a movie based off that one rum salad. I had. would see this movie in a heartbeat. Yeah, just just like a conversation between these two gentlemen. Right, and and Burton would have been. He wasn't like a nobody. Like he was. We know for certain because he left for the West with a written letter by the Secretary of war john b floyd so he would have been in the political oh, circle they definitely you know met. so they definitely met yeah i'm just running with it they ha- yeah <laughs> i mean it's yeah. it's more likely than not yeah this is the aristocracy yeah of, they're all of just america 
Meets, Richard yeah. would have been like, oh, I heard about this man that murdered a, another man and claimed insanity. That yes. sounds awesome. I once killed yeah, a boy Rick, for seeing me pee. Like, <laughs> civilized yeah, adventure. Richard, <laughs> Richard loved dueling, too. So he's oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me, yeah, yeah. What do you have, binoculars? Um, that was the other guy's tool? That was, that was a duel, obviously. <laughs> I had a gun, I had binoculars. That's a fair duel, dude. I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Burton may have toured around the South for a bit. We're not too sure. Um, but the next, next point we know is that he boarded a stagecoach in St. Joseph, Missouri, bound for Salt Lake City, and he left his mystery friend behind in the East. It's so like now it's just Burton on the stagecoach. Um, he's equipped with some travel books. There's like, you know, literally tour guides of the prairie. Like you'd go to a Barnes and Nobles and then be like, oh, like Prairie of America. What to expect? Um, he also had that letter of introduction to all the West military leaders by the Secretary of War that I just mentioned. Uh, and a big old belt holstered with a six shooter on his right. And on his left, he had a dagger called an an Arkansas toothpick. Ooh, that was the slang for it. I like that. Did he wear? Uh, a, Arkansas, did he wear a cowboy hat? I want to say yes. We can only hope that he looked like Marty Robbins on this trip, except with a spear yeah. in his head. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, no, an Arkansas toothpick is like a Bowie knife. Oh yeah, I'm, Bowie knife. I'm looking at them now. Pretty cool daggers. Yeah. Can you buy them? Yeah. How much? Uh fourteen ninety five from Atlanta Cutlery. I will pay almost double yeah. for it to be here tomorrow. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um Burton wrote that from the moment of leaving St. Joe to Sacramento, the pistol should never be absent from the man's right side. Yep. That's, Can second that's that. where he's going. All right. Can second that. Yeah. Uh, now, on Burton's stagecoach uh, was an American lieutenant, James Jackson Dana, uh, with his wife and daughter. Burton got along really nice with the family. He asked them all sorts of questions about American life. And Burton loved, Burton loved, I mean, he loved languages, but he loved the way Americans talk. Oh, um, slow. Yeah. Very slow <laughs> and stupid. Yeah. I actually am advanced. In the English language, oh, yeah. and I have fumbled many, many times tonight. Yep. I forgot what uh, the term rotating door was. You forgot it again. <laughs> Revolving doors. The rotating. <laughs> yeah, the, the dancing doors. Cylindrical spinner. It doesn't matter. I see them, and I just know how to use them. The gateway of gears. Yes. <laughs> the old sideways uh, bicycle entrance. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that he wrote specifically was that Everyone said, God damn. It's like, I just love how everyone's like, God damn, God damn. Oh. Um, and he said, in these lands, uh, uh, God damn changes from an expletive to a chrysalis form of an ag uh, adjectorial development. Adjectival development. I have no idea what that means. As someone who's He's advanced in English. Yeah, he was basically saying it changes from an expletive to an adjective. Okay. All right. Good yeah. for us. Yeah. Yeah. There were other idioms and like different dialects and phrases that he got a kick out of. Things like neck of the woods, you know, calling streams, cricks, and having a good, good old time of it. This guy would love uh, meme culture. 
Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would love oh, yeah. memes. He'd be like, he would be a like full 4chan shit poster only in talking in internet speak. Yeah, he would love he'd King be like, of the Hill. Oh yeah, <laughs> be like, that's bussin', no cap, for real, for real. <laughs> oh man, we need Mike for that one. Yeah, yeah, where are you, Mike? Translate, translate for <laughs> translate. us. Translate. He also got a kick out of calling bodies of water the drink. And the fact that the big drink was the Mississippi. I need to start doing that one. Drink yeah. for bodies of water is really good. That's yeah. a really good yeah. way to speak. I've heard that once or twice before. It has not stuck. I should make that yeah. stick. I don't think I've ever heard a person say it. I've always just seen it heard it in old movies. Yeah, it's always like a Hayden Sterling movie or something. I was yeah. like, how often are you referring to a body of water? Yeah, <laughs> you kind of forget. Just start call, calling the sound the drink, the long, long drink. A Long Island drink, and I don't mean which, a Long Island iced tea. Which beach you going to? The North drink or the South drink? The old Big South drink. <laughs> old little drink you got in the backyard with that goy pond in it. The chlorine drink. Burton also quickly realized that were so, there were some English phrases that should not be said around Americans and did not translate very well. Was it when he was smoking um, cigarettes? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> no, the one that he, that he said he quickly learned, uh, the English have a phrase for being tired. It's called knocked up. And he said, do not mention knocked up around American women. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I've been saying a lot recently? Bushed. Bushed? Because I go to the gym, and at the end of it, I've just been so bushed. Oh, that's a, I oh, like that. Bushed. Yeah. It's a good one. Tuckered out? T no, nah, just bushed. I'm not <sighs> sophisticated. I can't one be tuckering myself miss out. About, like, so I did study abroad in England, and while I was there, I slowly like started using their slang words, and then it like spilled over for like the next few months when I was home. Mm -hmm. I do miss mm -hmm. using those. Which were your favorites? I, Keen was the one that probably stayed the longest. Keen. Where it was like, keen. instead of saying, like, I'm down for that, or, you know, or like that sound, I'd be like, yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen for that. All right. That one I probably yeah. used the most. And then, um, oh, what was the... See, I'm forgetting. I lost it. You gotta see, stay immersed see, in the culture. You're hanging out with me too much. Yeah. You're losing your words like an advanced English. Oh, pissed for drunk was, I loved saying pissed. pissed. Yeah. Yeah. But then everyone would be like, why are you angry? I'm like, no, I'm pissed. Like, I'm real drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I like, the, uh, I, not I like, I hate, I hate this one, Fanny. For oh, pussy. yeah, no. Fanny, that's like, mm -mm. Oh, yeah. that's a phonetically disgusting word. Yeah. I don't want that anywhere near a woman's mm -hmm. parts. Leave the women alone. Yeah. But I, yeah. But I think pussy is also a gross word. Wait. You think pussy? Well, you think pussy yeah, is it's gross? Like a, it's, you think that's yeah, gross? No, well, it's uh, not any grosser than Fanny. No, Fanny's way grosser. Uh, I agree. No. Pussy is yeah. not a great word for it either. Yeah. Oh, let me get that pussy. I think it's vagina's <laughs> the best. Vagina? Yeah. yeah, vagina. Vagina? Bajangus. Yeah. yeah. The Bojangles. That's the most pleasant and sophisticated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Fanny. Yeah. See, when I when I came back from England, uh, I just kept saying, in it, bruv, in it, bruv. Yeah, in when it, I watch yeah. that show on English TV, I say, in it, too. Um, in Burton, all right, back to Burton. So in his journals, uh, I mean, his goal out there was to drink, and drink he did. Uh, and he took a very big liking to whiskey. Which I mean, they have whiskey over there, but it's bourbon over in the yeah, states. Yeah, but they're serving you know, this and in, with a salad. 
Yeah. Point. Yeah. Like, come on. Point. <laughs> he had a list of different terms that people called whiskey that he got a kick out of. And here are some of them. Tarantula juice, red eye, corn juice, Jersey lightning, or leg stretcher. Oh, I like leg stretcher. I like corn juice. <laughs> Tarantula juice is not good. No. Too many nah. too wordy. Too too many yeah. phonetics. Sounds like an like what you know how we have jungle juice here? It sounds like tarantula juice is the Australian version of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like served out of a big Kool-Aid container. It's like get some tarantula yeah. juice here. It's just some <laughs> kangaroo juice to take the pooch rod out of you. <laughs> All right. Just squeeze. I like the squeeze a box of some wine into a into a, a kangaroo's pouch and <laughs> dump in some Jägermeister. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I like leg stretcher though. Yeah. I feel yeah. like whenever I drink whiskey, I need to stretch my legs. Yeah. Leg stretcher's good. One phrase that really that he liked the absolute most uh, in terms of drinking culture was getting liquored up. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's classic. Burton Burton first used the phrase "liquored up" in quotes in his writing, but eventually, it was something that he just said after leaving America and continued to say for the rest of his life. Nice. He's one of us. Yes. Yeah, this guy's American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking yeah. it this whole time. Now we know he, yep. this guy's American. England schmingling. <laughs> yeah. He's one of us. Damn it. <laughs> so Richard had a bucket list for this trip. Obviously. Number one, to get liquored up. Oh, I thought one would be bang a Mormon, babe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Second one, uh, go to Salt Lake City um, and add that to his lists of holy cities that he's seen. And you know what he does in every holy city, you know, so. Cuts a little <laughs> bit more of that dick off. Yep. And then he also had the, quote, the mundane desire to get in a little skirmish with the natives. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Just calling it a mundane desire just really is the cherry on top. <laughs> He's going like to a passing interest in getting in a gunfight <laughs> with Native Americans. <laughs> He's going to hit up that OG Mohican son. Yeah. Avoid fire getting off scalped. a couple of shots at the Cherokees. He's like, look, I took a spear to the head. Circle I think I could take a scalping, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, of course, he wanted to study the Native Americans as well. So it's like, kill them, fuck them, learn their language and culture. Measure their penises. Yeah. You got to <laughs> measure the penises. <laughs> Wouldn't be science without measuring penises. There were a few things that peeved Burton about America, though. I mean, he's... I feel like Burton you, sweats the small stuff. He'd get he's very English in that manner. Like he wouldn't be bothered going out and like, you know, missing food for a month, but then like the smallest thing will set him off on like a tirade about why it's wrong. Mm, you know? Okay. Um so one of the things remember we're dealing with a racist here. He didn't like the fact that black people dress like westerners. Ooh. Yeah, because it took away from the illusion. Yeah. The other big thing he didn't like were how big American breakfasts were. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's, he's English. Never mind. Yeah, yeah never mind. He's English. He, he talked. He talked about the eternal eggs and bacon <laughs> and how vile coffee was. He was probably sitting there like, "Where are my beans? Where are the? Where are my tomatoes? Beans and toast. <laughs> Sick yeah. people eat that. And England. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> that's." 
I love how even in 1860, Europeans were complaining about American portions. I'm yeah. shocked almost because I thought this. Yeah. I thought that was a much later thing we adopted as we started no, to we, genetically modify food been to be bigger big and fatter. Corn boys. That's yeah. all we've ever been. Yeah, he was like, what's with all this bacon on my plate? <laughs> when were grits invented? Probably then. Oh, it would have been back then. Yeah. Oh, I'm just imagining him like riding his stagecoach up to an IHOP for the first time. <laughs> what's that, Denny's. That sky what blue roof place? over there. <laughs> Rather pointy uh, building. Is that a church? I will have the rooty tooty fresh and fruity. Thank you. <laughs> no fruits touching. <laughs> what is this boysenberry? So you're giving me sausage and bacon <laughs> on one plate? Is this, this is ludicrous. Simply ludicrous. Well. Uh, yeah. So Richard, I mean, those were some of his minor things. Uh, the dress and the breakfast. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, Richard thought that America, the American Great Plains were beautiful. He was like, wow, for once, like, I'm in desolation and it's not, like, going to kill me. You know, he's used to like this desolate desert and jungle and all this shit. He's in so, big yeah, this sky pretty country. Big. Yeah, he didn't see a buffalo, which at this time there were still buffaloes roaming around, and he was. It, it was kind of rare that he didn't see a buffalo. <laughs> yeah, because uh, this is this is before like they were fully hunted to ex- almost extinction. That's more yeah. like 1880s. So that is kind of weird that he never saw one. Yeah, he wanted to see one, but he didn't. <laughs> but he was lucky enough to see. The short-lived Pony Express in action. Oh, nice. So he's like, wow, they're delivering letters via pony. They weren't actually ponies, though, right? No, they were horses. They were horsemen, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did actually, he said that um, when he was at West, he was like, they should start a camel cavalry, which I think America actually did at some point. Yeah, I think so. Very short-lived again. Shit, sorry. (laughs) I just made it a mess. Okay, we're back. But... But Burton was like, yeah, they should get on camels instead of horses. I mean, horses Um, are not indigenous to the U.S., right? Weren't they brought over here? Correct. Yes. Okay. So he has a point then. Yeah. Because you can't say tradition or anything like that. They made that one up. I always thought that was weird about, especially the Native Americans, because I feel like you associate the horse with the Native Americans so much. Yeah. But then you find out that like they were only introduced. Yeah, by they showed Europeans. up in in the 1500s when Spain yeah. got there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like it's like pop music. Pop music was invented in the states, but it was perfected in South Korea. That's everyone true. knows that. That's right, right? Uh, South Korea and Sweden. Um, I'm t- well. I meant more like the boy bands and the girl oh, bands, okay. the band, you know, the power bands. Um, yeah. Not Eurovision. Not Eurovision. But <laughs> all I'm saying is that uh, it doesn't take the inventor to master it. Mm, Hell, the guy who invent Leo Fender, who invented Fender guitars, the Stratocaster, he didn't even play guitar. So of, so- of course, someone's going to be better. Than what was he a bassist? <laughs> I don't know. I think he liked motorcycles. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Harley Davidson, he was the motorcycle. Now that guy was afraid <laughs> of he motorcycles. Was, he was the guitarist. Old Harley, <laughs> he was afraid of wheels. He was blind. Shredding. Shredding. Um, now, but when it came to fighting the engines, uh, he, uh, Burton kept arriving to the battle a few days after it had happened. Like, they'd have a skir- skirmish, and then the caravan would show up. And he was the only person in the caravan that was hoping to get attacked. You know, you'd take these caravans out and you'd have these raiders, like Sioux raiders, come down and 
kill everyone and all this stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, please bring the Sioux Raiders. <laughs> I mean, he's prepared. Yeah. Now, of course, this is Burton, and he likes to talk about disgusting biological things. So he took some extra notes on scalping. <laughs> wow. Not a shock. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to try to do a big, long quote here that I didn't pre-record. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Give us a shot. Let's go. <laughs> tell, tell me. You might need to edit here. <laughs> I might, I'm not going to. How's that sound? Uh, okay. Tell us what he wrote about grit napkins. <laughs> so in the good old times, braves waited for the wounded man's death before they raised his hair. Uh, in the laxity of modern times, however, this humane custom is often dis- disregarded. When, in- when, when the Indian sees his enemy fall, he draws his scalp knife and twists the scalp, scalp lock, which is left long for the purpose of boastfully, br- for that purpose, and boastfully braided and decorated with some gaudy ribbon or war eagle plume. Uh, he wraps it around his left hand and makes, and uh, he wraps it around his left hand and makes with his right two semicircular incisions, with and against the sun. When, with and against the rise of the sun, about the part to be removed, which I thought I remember writing that and I was like, that's kind of weird. I guess going with the direction of the rising sun, so counterclockwise, maybe I don't know. <laughs> um. The skin is loosened with the knife point, and the operator sits on the ground, places his feet against the shoulders by way of, and by way of leverage, holding the scalp lock with both hands, he applies strain, which soon brings off the spoils, with the sound which I am told is not unlike flop. What's flop? <laughs> um, flop. <laughs> Yo, that's nasty. Yeah, that's real gross. Yeah, <laughs> scalping's real gross. I don't like that. Yeah, he goes Makes on my hair to hurt. say. Yeah, he goes on to say the operation of scalping must be exceedingly painful. The sufferer turns, wriggles, and squirms upon the ground like a scotched snake. Ooh. A liquored up snake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope then, to never get scared. You have more to read on this? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's his, that's his in-depth guide on how to scalp someone. All right, good. I just hope I never get scalped and none of you ever get scalped. Yeah, if I die without scalping or being without being scalped, I'll yeah. consider that a successful life, I think. Oh, yeah. If, if, one, yeah. if that's all I did is not be scalped. If you must scalp me, wait till I'm dead. Please. Please wait till I'm dead. I only get scalped at Mohegan Sun, and then they give you a toupee that they staple on your head. So, <laughs> well, at least they give you a free room. Yeah, you got to share with a bunch of other scalped men. But mm-hmm. he then goes on to warn travelers not to buy scalps from Westerners, as when a Westerner scalp because it wasn't just Native American scalping in the West. Oh no, it was everyone Europeans, scalping everybody. Yeah. So, but he said, if you want to get a real scalp, don't go to a Westerner because they won't just take the section that's normally scalped. They'll cut the entire scalp off and then cut it into pieces and sell them off. Oh, as yeah, opposed no. to you want to get a nice, authentic the, yeah. little bit of skin. <laughs> yeah, he said the the choice scalp is thicker, right? Like the real, I guess, because it's like the plomp in the yeah, back well, of the that's head. where the ponytail will grow from. Yeah. 
Oh, look at that. Yeah, so Tom, grab that with your uh, left hand. Make the two semicircular. <laughs> Tom is going to scalp himself. <laughs> Live. On, yeah, you have to figure on, out with a, a microphone. With a dull Swiss Army blade. I just bought my new Arkansas, uh, <laughs> Arkansas, <laughs> Arkansas toothpick. Yeah, you got to figure out the windage and which way the sun sets. Ah, <laughs> uh, start over again. Oh, you man. started west. Yeah, uh, that's gross. Let's yeah, keep going. Yeah. Uh, wait, I'm not done with oh, gross. He also great. documented the fact that the Sioux specifically had a custom of cutting or more generally biting off the tip of the nose of adulterous women. That's rude. All right. Gross. Yeah. Not as gross as scalping. I mean, if you were uh, a woman. I still think I'd rather lose the tip of my nose than be scalped. Ask Chris Farley. In dirty work. He's dead. <laughs> you gotta ask him. You gotta see how he reacted. The, with that Saigon whore. Mm. Bit his nose off. Burton finally reaches Salt Lake City, August 29th, 1860. And his uh, coming slash welcoming was printed in the Deseret News. I always like how the Mormons, I guess they talked about their territory as Deseret. Um, which they just like didn't spell desert right. When I went to Salt Lake City a couple months ago, everything's like Deseret. Oh, I had never even heard of that. Oh, <laughs> uh, was that like the name of their like what their kingdom or something? Yeah, yeah. that's like what they called. They're like, we're territory. going to Deseret, and then everyone's yeah. like, "You mean you fucking Utah? <laughs> yeah, you mean desert? Yeah. <laughs> you illiterate fuck? Hey, I got more wives than you. I don't care. Go, I can't go read. Go take a jump in that salty drink of yours. <laughs> yeah." Um, Burton spent three weeks in Salt Lake City, and he studied everyone and everything as he normally did. Of course, he stopped at all the Gentiles, Gentiles bordellos and saloons, because there were an underground scene of non-Mormons living in Salt Lake City. There continues to be. Like I said, I went to Salt Lake uh, about two months ago, a month ago, and it is kind of weird. Like there is when you go into a coffee shop, I feel like. You do get some weird looks sometimes, you know, like even just going into a coffee shop or a bar is a weird vibe. Hmm. Um, even though the Mormons didn't didn't drink themselves, uh, you know, these were kind of back alley speakeasy at the time. Now it's more open. There's bars, you know, but it's like a little bit. You go down an alley. They got like a speakeasy down there. Right. Where God won't find you. Yeah. <laughs> And now, just to give you a little, I mentioned this earlier, but to give you a little bit more of a context about Salt Lake City, it was only founded 13 years prior in 1847, and the people that set up the area were the Mormons, Latter-day Saints, and they were on an exodus west led by Brigham Young, their second prophet. Uh, the U.S. government and the Mormons out in Utah were constantly battling um, like combat, you know, shooting each other. Uh, the leading cause of these battles uh, was the Mormons' pre open practice of polygamy, or as the Mormons called it, plural marriage. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> Could Not also wrong. say marriages. Yeah, yeah marriages. Yeah. <laughs> I got a problem with my marriages. You got to think, like, what is up America's butt? That that's the sticking point. taxes. 
It's gold. Yeah. It yeah. is gold. We know it's gold. Yeah. But if that's the Money. excuse, ah, you guys have too many wives. got to share those women. Yeah. Ah. Like, that's why you're going to battle. You have too many people that can't testify against you. That's un-American. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, polygamy was not something new for Burton. He had seen it in the Muslim and Hindi harems and, like, that world. That was fairly common. But this flavor of polygamy was something completely different. Uh, Burton described, whereas polygamy in the Middle East and South Asia uh, was practiced with and seen as like kind of sensual and celebrated to a certain respect as like sex is pleasure and you know, we're all having fun here. Um, there was something more religious about uh, the polygamy in. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm saying even though it was polygamy was written into their religion in. Um, Asia and that area, but for the Mormons, it was downright puritanical. So they were kind of a little bit more laxed in Asia and the Middle East and Africa, where it's like, yeah, we got a harem. There was a point really controlling about something. There's a point in time in when in which people were having fun in the Middle East. Yeah, way more fun than in Utah. Yeah, Utah was just like (laughs) that. Still might be true today. So (laughs) yeah. yeah. Yeah, see them do, tilt them cars in Dubai when they're doing them racing? Yeah. That is pretty fun. You know where yeah, they, they can ha- do that better? On the salt flats. Uh, you know what, Tom? You know one of the last surviving uh, rainforest cafes? Dubai. Oh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we need to protect Dubai more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need our help, damn it. They got a rainforest cafe. They probably have a hard rock, too. Yeah, oh yeah. Let's just bring, uh, let's put Ukraine in Dubai. Okay, <laughs> we have the technology. Let's just yeah. fly Zelensky and any one of his family and friends he wants. Just put him in a tower there and call it freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, he, he. You know, yes, there were religious reasons in Asia and Africa for polygamy, but like he said, the Mormons were very strict and weird about it. You know. He knew about, he's eventually going to translate the Kama Sutra. So, like, he knows that, like, Indian people are freaky, you know? Mormons, I wouldn't describe as freaky. They're just freaks. I see. <laughs> um, so, the leader of the Latter-day Saints, Brigham Young, uh, was actually still around in 1860, and he openly condemned anything sexy about sex. It was... Just the duty of a woman to essentially be a cum dumpster and pump out babies. I mean, some guys find that sexy. Yeah, but you can't have fun, though. You can't, like, you know, spitball it into the other, you know, wives type of thing. Yeah, that that would be way more fun. Are they still, like, having sex through a sheet at this point? I don't don't know. I know they do that now, right? They have, like, the Mormon garments. I don't don't know if that's... there's that's there's orthodox like, jews and, and also like puritanical um like the puritan puritans like in the 1600s they were also doing sex to the sheets well like torquemada and shit was that torquemada is that guy who started the inquisition in spain oh maybe i mean like the pilgrims puritans mm. like that those guys those guys sucked. <laughs> yeah, they were the worst. They put those hats on kindergartners all the time. Well, it's a guy with a belt on his hat. Yeah. He beat the shit out of his wife nightly. <laughs> <laughs> if you wear that hat, yeah. you're, a, you're a fucking 
you're a, a Stephen Molyneux VIP, okay? <laughs> yeah, right? It was a society of Stephen Molyneux. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. So yeah. annoying. Uh, so no fun times during sex. And also, there were strict fines for adultery in Salt Lake City. Uh, three to 23 years in prison and fines raging up to a modern day equivalent of 10 or of a hundred thousand dollars. What the fuck? All right. Awesome. So <laughs> U.S. government, you were on your way. You were about to destroy the Mormons and then you left the Utah we know now. Why yeah. didn't you just crush yeah. it all? Could have why, a isn't Utah, <laughs> right? why, why isn't Utah just called Jeffersonville and all those blonde weirdos are just not there? <laughs> Could have been so much better. Yep. They blew um, it. Yeah, Burton wrote that um, uh, any suspicion of immorality is more hated than a reputation of bloodshed. So it was worse to be immoral than it was to be like a murderer. All right. Um, and also another thing, like with the adultery thing, like when you see the numbers of wives, these people have, like, how do you remember all of them? <laughs> what are we talking about? What are some numbers here? Um, all right. So I wrote this a little later. Brigham Young, the prophet, uh, he had 55 wives Jeez. and 53 kids. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's, wait, that's it. Come on, man. Yeah. 53 kids. <laughs> yeah. You, you fucked what you, up. What's going on here? <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. Numerically speaking, uh, he married at least five lesbians. So, <laughs> or he just some, married, someone was having fun. He married so many women that he would just like start to go through the order and get mixed up and like forget about fifteen of them. <laughs> yeah, just never made it to that bedroom. I mean, I think those were fifty-five like surviving to adult kids too. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, how many fucking ruined babies popped out? <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible that he had to name someone every other week. <laughs> um, so Burton saw the logic in polygamy within... Remember, this guy's very logical. He saw the logic in, with polygamy within the Mormons, saying that... Uh, well, this is kind of weird. He said that women were groomed from a young age into the system. Uh and he also thought it was weird that Mormons had no problem slamming preteens. But he said that the it was polygamy was a good practice to populate a newly established Utah territory and spread a religion. How? So how? he's like, what? There's not enough men. Well, I guess <laughs> is it's it like, kind of like a one to one thing? Maybe well, one guy like, in town with two or three girlfriends. Maybe that that'll cut yeah. the difference there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I think. Uh, Brigham Young had more than usual with 55, you know. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, but yeah, one dude mul knocking up multiple wives, you have more babies. I don't know, just in the rotation without being immoral, you know, without just having like an orgy. You know? <laughs> but how, um, like, how many are you pumping off a night anyway? I don't know. Um, he also said that uh, there was a case for it in terms of economy because he said that servants were hard to come by in the West and it was easier just to marry them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have no argument there. Yeah. Uh, but Burton did say because of this whole like religious, you know, uh, adulteries banned and, you know, even though everyone's banging and all this shit. 
he said there was a certain gloom which hung over the city. Uh, and I mentioned this already. The prophet Brigham Young. We're going to talk about him a little bit with his 55 wives and 56 uh, kids. Uh, I mentioned that he was still alive in 1860, and Burton had the opportunity to meet with him personally for about an hour in his beehive house. That was weird when I went to Salt Lake City. Everything's has like the, the road signs have a beehive on them. I was like, what's with all the beehives? Apparently, it's a Mormon thing. They just like bees, like Winnie the Pooh. That's fine, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Hive mind mentality. Mm. Um, now, Burton could feel the magnetism about Young, and their meeting uh, went well, and they both left with a mutual respect for each other. Burton asked Young if uh, he could have a spot with him as a Mormon, as a Latter-day Saint, and Young said... No, Captain, I believe you've done that sort of thing before. Oh, so he knew exactly who he was. Mm. Yeah. He was like, oh, aren't you a Muslim? You've been to Mecca. You <laughs> Didn't you uh, cut, your, cut your cock off <laughs> so you can look at a cube? You want to join yeah. the Mormons? Let me see your dick. All right? Yeah. Is it all together? Uh, I think not. Now, that's, yeah. that's, you know what? That's some crafty scotch tape work, but you're not going <laughs> to trick me. You know he's using paper mache. He's gonna get that hard tip. What's the what's the guy's name? Brigham Young. Brigham Young. Brigham Brig, Young. Brig, Brigham. It sounds Brigham Young, which is <laughs> like the best name for a pedophile. Yeah. Just remember yeah. my name when you're looking for wives. <laughs> Brigham Young. Brigham Young. I'll take care of him. One less mouth to feed for you. Just that's make sure you. That's Brigham where BYU Young. University's from. Brigham Young University. BYU. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I think they're, it's like 98% Mormon. Yeah, and you get and a, I think it's like free tuition. The 2% is the football and basketball team, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. So my in-laws like ha were friends with Mormons because when they first moved to the States, they just happened to meet some Mormon missionaries who spoke perfect Portuguese. They did probably did their mission in Brazil. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So they were just like friends with them. And they, they told them right up, we're not interested in being Mormons, but we live here if you want to come by and hang out sometimes. And they did for like That's years. Nice. It was like these five, six dudes they were friends <laughs> with and they would come by and they would dance all the time. Like the Mormons? My, my in-laws would hang out. They would have some drinks. They put on some Brazilian music and they would hang out and dance. And a few of their <laughs> other Brazilian friends would come and the Mormons would come and just they love dancing. Oh, <laughs> all right. You sound yeah. like nice guys. They yeah. honestly did. They they did. This yeah. is, uh, it's fine. It's good. Uh, now, Burton had kind of had enough of this holier-than-thou city. I mean, I mentioned he went to the bordellos and stuff, but that was hard. <laughs> he was getting attention, you know, his newspaper write-ups. It's kind of hard for him to slip off. and boring holy city experience compared to the last one where death was around every corner and he watched people be trampled to death. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it cut his dick off to do it. Whereas now right. he's just like, wow, I didn't even get attacked by a single Indian war party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get here and I have to just have sex with all these whores. Like, wow. Yeah. Where's the fun? Well, Oh, I had man. to sneak around and try to have sex with these whores. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't get to write yeah. about it. Like, oh, yeah. this is not part of their culture. I have to be, yeah. I have to act shady. Yeah. To be yeah. myself, yeah. damn it. So he was getting, he was feeling that draw to get back to getting liquored up and start banging broads more out in the open. And the nearby soldier camp of Camp Lloyd, which I think was in Nevada, um, he was like, I need to go there. 
And Burton was a bit blue balled and he thought he actually thought that all of the women in Salt Lake City were like drop dead gorgeous. But the problem was, was that they're all taken by Mormon men. Um, and with the heavy penalties for adultery, he was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to wind myself up in jail. Touching yeah. one of these titties. <laughs> going to talk to some guy's wife who looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> so he was personally seen off by Brigham Young. And Brigham kind of like, I mean, this guy has 55 wives. He's like, I know why you're leaving. You just got to gotta bang. I get it. <laughs> uh, and Burton left Brigham with this last remark regarding the lack of women and the loose mar- morals that he craved. He said, pointing towards the city, not the lake, water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. Mmm. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. And then he headed off. His ultimate goal was uh, San Francisco. But he took a little bit of a roundabout way to get there. His first stop was Carson City, where he remarked that there were three murders a day. You'd wake up and see three bodies in the street. Oh. Wow. Um, All right. That's cool. And he, he all, there was a story about <laughs> this guy who was like... Uh, he was like, he, he would ask people to like kneel down so he could shoot him in the back of the head like a dog or something. This dude that was literally just so intimidating, like he would just be capping people at the bar. <laughs> yeah, I'd want to get out of Carson City pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. So from Carson City, he went to Virginia City, uh, which is in Montana. You could check out our episode on Jack Slade and Calamity Jane. Very busy city. I'll never um, it, forget when I got Mike's audio from that because we recorded remotely. It just said Calamity James. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That's the only thing I really remember because there wasn't much going on. If you remember the episode, you I realize episode how little. Being like, this is the story that has actually happened, and here's all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot, not, not many things with Calamity James. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Calamity James was in Virginia City, and so was the Jack Slade. Who may he may have met Jack Slade uh, when he was there? Um, he also was interesting fact was that Burton showed up, and then two months later, Mark Twain showed up in Virginia City and wrote for the newspaper for like half a year or something like that. So he just missed Mark Twain, mm. uh, which I feel like those guys were both like like minded literary boys that like to drink. Um, Burton made it to San Francisco, where he had certainly had his fill of loose morals. There was just bordellos everywhere, and you could, you know, bang openly. Cool. Yeah. Now it's uh, it's it's promoted by the city. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of behavior. That's how you vote. Yeah. You just you have, there's two holes. <laughs> you gotta uh, stick in one. Yeah. They're both brown. They're both brown. <laughs> no matter who you vote for over there, you're on team brown. So, and before you know it, he boarded a steamer. I was so excited for Mike to be on this episode because he always talks about steam engines and like steamships. Yeah, why does he get so excited about that? I don't know, but this is the time where like the steamer is around. He's on a steam ship. So, yeah. So he boards a steamer called the Golden Age and heads back to England uh, by way of Panama. And now this is before the Panama Canal, so you have to, like, you know, we, I think we talked about on William, William Walker, like, people used to have to, like, literally get off the ship and, like, cross Panama and get on another ship. 
Right. Um, and, and during this little like passage, he got in a bit of a romance with an unnamed uh, Pandemanian woman and nearly stayed. So he almost was like, fuck Isabel. I'm just going to stay in Panama and hang out with this lady. Isabel will wait. We know her. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb and say at no point during the entire time did he think about Isabel. He was probably just <laughs> like, my cousin's still back in London and I still think I got a shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm engaged. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That thing. Uh, sailing up the coast of America and the Atlantic, he had a thought like, oh, maybe I should like dock and witness the election of 1860, uh, which he said was uh, a vote by bullet <laughs> um, election. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he did. He decided not to. And I mean, if you were going to witness any election in U.S. history, that would be the one to maybe see the most terrifying one, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he returned directly back to Europe, not necessarily England. Um, Richard arrived in December of 1860, and did he go running back to the love of his life? No, 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 no. He just fucked around for a bit in Europe, um, and Isabel actually found out that Burton was back when somebody was reading the paper on Christmas Day. And I mentioned that Captain Burton had returned to America. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great Christmas for her. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, she, write, she wrote a whole bunch of shit in her journal. Like, I could feel his presence, that he was back. Because <laughs> I read it in a newspaper. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, now, Isabel had been preparing herself for marriage to Burton. Um, and Burton, who was responsible. Uh, you know, relatively a poor man at this point compared to, uh, you know, her family, uh, and also constantly traveling the war world. When Burton proposed, uh, he said that you know you have to be comfortable with living in a place like Damascus. You know, that's part of the deal of marrying me. Hmm. Damascus was actually his dream embassy job. He oh. wanted to, like, go to Damascus, live there. He's amongst, like, Arabs. That was, like, and it was, like, high enough. I mean, I think he would have liked Cairo more, but he was like, oh, yeah, Damascus is, like, where I got to be. Uh, so Isabel's like, I got to get ready for, like, this life of poverty, you know, right? It's not poverty. You know, he's still yeah. rich. You know, <laughs> still be yeah. an agent of the British Empire. Yeah. Right? So Isabel kind of went a little bit overboard and decided to work on a farm for whatever reason <laughs> next to her family's like next to her family's like hundred acre estate. Like as she went to like the neighboring you know peasant person and was That's like, "Hey, great. work on your farm." <laughs> wow, why didn't she just like make a garden? <laughs> she has a hundred acre estate. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, we'll fence it in. We don't want to look at it. Well, speaking of fence, let's talk about a different fence. She also took fencing classes to defend Burton in case of an attack. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, Burton is like and a world-renowned fencer. She yeah. is so yeah. dedicated. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Perfect uh, to ignore. <laughs> really. Uh, and she was still trying to win over her mother and father. Her father, again, was more concerned that Isabel was going to become a spinster and was like, uh, yeah, 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 sure, great, great. Whatever your mother says, I agree to. So it wasn't really her father that, like, you know. It was just mom. Yeah, just mom. Hmm. 
Eventually, Burton returned back to London, and things moved around, moved pretty quickly. And he came back in January of 1861, and he kind of flipped it on her. He was like, Burton was like a dick, and was like, "Dude, like Isabel, I've been waiting for five years to marry you. Africa was obviously out of my control, but the past two years, like you know, when I was back and I went to America, that was all because of your mother." Like, you have to decide now. It's between me or your mother, and if you pick your mother, I'm leaving for Africa somewhere, and you'll never see me again. And when so you get married invented now. gaslighting. That's awesome. Yeah. This guy crushed invented gaslighting there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Look, I just spent two and a half years traveling from IHOP to IHOP, from Mohican <laughs> Sun to Mohican Sun, to a place with tons of titties, literally tons of titties that I couldn't even touch. And the only reason I was there is because your mother. <laughs> yeah. Your mother did this, okay? So sort this out. Yeah. You gonna pick me? Huh? <laughs> I would love to be there for this conversation. Yeah. So Burton and Isabel were finally married January 22nd, 1861. Uh, there was only one condition that Isabel gave was that it had to be a Catholic marriage. Um. <laughs> But the marriage was a bit more of an elopement, sort of, technically. A highway robbery. Um, because it was done semi-secretly. So Burton basically scooped Isabel up in a carriage and left a note for her father that was like, I don't mean to deceive you. I don't want a dowry. Like, I just want to marry your daughter. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to fuck you over. Like, and I don't need... You know, you don't need to leave your inheritance to me. You don't need to give me any money. We're just going to get married. But her, the mother was completely unaware until the oh. father was like, oh, yeah, your daughter's getting married to this scumbag Burton. <laughs> what? what, what? <laughs> um, Isabel was able to pull some strings with the diocese and, uh, you know, Burton wasn't exactly a practicing Catholic, but, you know, she was like, ah, just do it for me. I go to mass every day and I do the Jesus skin and all that shit. He speaks Don't Latin. Don't his dick. Yeah, he speaks Latin. Uh, and bam, boom, they're married. There's Isabel Burton. Wow. She finally achieved her goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Years yeah. of dedication. She did. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, it's really a woman's world. <laughs> and this story just goes to show you yeah. how much you could do in this world <laughs> as a woman. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. This right? whole story is insane. How I long know. have we been doing this? All summer, baby. <laughs> All summer. Summer Burton. <laughs> the next seven months were what is Isabel described as some of the happiest times of her life. Burton and her were hanging around London and France, meeting all of his and her friends, schmoozing. With the aristocracy, Burton was trying to get a post as a consulate, so like a minor ambassador. Um, nice. They even, yeah, they even had pet names for each other. So Isabel called Burton Jemmy. What the <laughs> this, fuck is that? The name of his cousin? <laughs> <laughs> little little Jemmy here with his fucking huge gashed face yeah. looks like a Bond villain. <laughs> And uh, Burton called Isabel Zukins. 
I don't hate that one. Zookins. Yeah, or just zoo sometimes. Well, zoo kind of makes sense. Yeah. Zookins. I always feel like when you see like a really hard, hard-looking guy, like some marine or some shit, start using pet names, it always makes you feel really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why when I'm in public, I call my wife, wife. <laughs> wife, woman. I said, what do you want to eat, wife? Yeah. No drinking. <laughs> you have to drive me home, wife. Now we're gonna get we're gonna come back to this period during the final episode because it has to do a lot with Burton being an author. Uh, but quickly, Isabel was introduced to Mockton Milnes and Fred Hankey, the fucking sick oh. bastard. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and it became quite obvious that Burton was hanging around with some pretty immoral and edgy book snobs. Uh, and she was just like goody two shoes Catholic. So I mean. You know, she's kind of starting to see that Burton hangs out. You know, he's an adventurous man. And he likes adventurous people to hang out with. Uh, honey, Zookins, please don't, don't you worry. My friend Hanky here, he he wasn't trying to put his penis in you. He was trying to watch me put my penis in you. Yeah, and then perhaps draw it, and then put another penis. But I would be with you in you inside of you. And don't Zookins. worry about the guy with the noose around his neck. Yeah. <laughs> He's jerking off onto a Bible, not because it's blasphemy, but because he loves you <laughs> as a friend. And Jesus. And it's Jesus. the way the Mormons show devotion to God. Uh, yeah. This is how other people show their love. Uh, wow, could you imagine that? Yeah. So I think I mentioned this earlier when they first met, but Burton used to hypnotize Isabel. He was big into hypnotism. Oh, yeah. And sometimes this hypnotism would be more of like a parlor trip trick that he would do in front of his friends, like, watch me hypnotize my wife. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she is very liquored up right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, he used to boast to his friends about his hypnotic dominance over his wife. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and this was absolutely a sexual thing that they did because Bur uh, Isabel used to actually get in a friend heard like a screaming, throwing shit around fight between her and Burton after he hypnotized another woman. Oh my God. <laughs> so she was, something's she was, going on here. You, you better, your hypnotism dick only better be going in me. Yeah. You're going to be hypnotizing one lady for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Burton's loving that. <laughs> just, came, just came from a place where he couldn't bang because all the guys had too many girls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's also, he's also like, a, like a soft advocate towards polygamy. Like, he's like, yeah, polygamy, polygamy <laughs> like, would, it, he used to like to say things like it would work anywhere except for in Europe. You know, like it's the perfect system and like yeah, monogamy. But not for Europe. Yeah. Damn, it works so Europe. well. Too bad we're in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think a lot of guys are. They just wouldn't admit it. Yeah. A lot of guys would be like, kind of want that. I don't know. It sounds like more like a headache. There's so much scheduling involved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to keep my own thoughts kind of private on that, but I could see a lot of guys being you know, like, oh, be fucking sick. A girl for each arm? Oh, yeah. uh, so, like, sure, sure. Yeah. They'll kill, one of them will kill you eventually. 
Burton was really gunning for that position as a consulate in Damascus. That was his dream job. But his reputation was pretty tarnished. We had talked about all the different types of things, the homosexual um, thing that he wrote about in India was still circulating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speak was still grandstanding. Speak's still alive at this point. He's grandstanding about how terrible Burton is and how immoral he is and saying all the shit about him. Um, And Isabel's out there like, no, he didn't do that. No, he didn't do that. And maybe having some second thoughts after meeting Fred Hankey. Burton was still able to land himself a position in the foreign office as a consulate. And it wasn't Damascus. It wasn't Constantinople. It wasn't Washington, D.C. or Cairo. It was the small backwater island off the coast of West Africa, a place called, that we've talked about, Fernando Po. Is that off Ivory Coast? That is off the coast of Equatorial Guinea. Uh, it was an island that was an ex-slave trading depot, and it would be the stronghold uh, about a hundred or so years later for Francisco Marcus Nguama, the guy oh, who right. had all the dudes dress up as Santa Claus and murder people in the stadium. Yeah, that was a nightmare episode. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you missed one. <laughs> you missed a few. So, yeah, that's where we are. We're in this little weird... Off the coast of Equatorial Guinea, Ivory Coast, right? Like that area. Um, mm. So after seven months of Isabel finally being, uh, being with the love of her life, Richard was like, no way you're coming with me to Fernando Poe. You're staying in <laughs> London. <laughs> <laughs> now, there, to be fair, the death rate of Europeans on this island specifically was extremely high. Most people got yellow fever and died within a few months. Oh. Uh, and I think Burton, you know, he'd already gotten every type of disease imaginable. Uh, yeah, he's Im- he's uh, <laughs> immunized. Yeah. So he, I mean, you could make the excuse that he was like, I don't want you to die. I don't think that, you know, you haven't been exposed to this shit. But, you know, it's Burton. <laughs> you, a little bit of this, a little yeah, bit of that. Yeah. Um. So he says later nerds to his newlywed and boards a ship on the 24th of August, 1861. Uh, at least this time, Isabel was able to see him off and like he told her what date he was leaving. <laughs> that was nice of him. <laughs> no anonymous note after he hypnotized her. <laughs> Bye-bye now. And yet again, we have another Burton adventure, this time West Africa. And we're going to talk about that next week on Richard Burton Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just do Richard Burton. Let's, when we are done with Richard Burton, why don't we just do this again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. We don't need any more subjects. No. We got the best subject we'll do right a, here. We'll do a book club and we'll go through every single one of his books. Yeah, why that, not? Kama that, Sutra. We'd have more content than this show. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Wow. Can't well, wait for more Richie B. Yeah. yeah, Travis, thanks for doing all this, man. Yeah. Yeah, um, man. What a bunch of research. And look, guys, if you're thinking about it, don't ask your wife. Don't see how your wife. Don't don't ask about repressed bisexuality. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Don't ask about Don't it. do it. Just, just don't. We, just make out with men. some ideas. Just make out with a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll realize you're doing just fine. Yeah. 
It'll be all or right. you're gay. Either yeah. one, it's one, a win. You'll have the realization. Exactly. Yeah. That's sometimes that's all you need. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah, you belong here. I swear to God. patreoncom slash cast. That's where we collect your money mm-hmm. and maybe consider giving it to Mike. Uh, join our Discord. I, yeah, I don't have a URL for that because it's really long and the site's run by furries. But you know, I don't know how. Yeah, just get I've on posted there. it before on our Twitter. Maybe I'll do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, thanks for listening. Connor, thanks for making it out here so late tonight. I was working late. That's fine. Not a, tr- not a trouble at all. You going to uh, stop and get some Papa John's on the way home? I was debating if I want to stop at Rose's. <laughs> Dude, they're or open. Or T-Bell. It's like Ooh. very different types of... Well, it's kind of the same, but... Um. T-Bell might be easier to eat on the ride because roses will get all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. You can always slurp. Especially because the best roses, it's not like you're just getting a plain slice of pizza. It's yeah. Like the best of roses is... Heaps of chicken and... Something weird yeah. on that pizza. Yeah, exactly. Firm dough. Yeah. Firm a dough. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Ask for the garlic powder. Good time. You yeah. gotta ask for the garlic powder, right? Didn't they do that in a day? I didn't say that. They're gonna come after me. I'm in Portland. <laughs> They're so not gonna come. They don't know how to use podcasters, people. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking retarded. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Bye. Shane. Bye.